You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. There's a problem for a preacher. A preacher always has something to say. And the, the first anointing that, is, that rests on a preacher is revelation. And so even during the, the worship and during the songs, the anointing is interpreting revelation to communicate, which can then now clog if you want to flow in the Holy Ghost. And tonight I really want to kind of get out of the way. How many people here have ever heard this saying that uh, the church is not a hotel for saints, but it's a hospital for sinners? Anybody ever heard that? The church is not a hotel for saints, not with the, you know, the frozen chosen, the holier than thou come and we, you know. But it's, it's, a, it's a hospital for sinners. But if I was honest with you, and forgive me if you're a, uh, you know, if you're a medical worker in, in hospitals, I, I struggle with hospitals. I know that as a pastor, I have to, go there and it's important that you go there and you visit people in times of darkness and difficulty but every time I walk into a hospital for years I didn't understand I'm like God why do I not like this why don't I like this place and then a number of years ago the Holy Spirit showed me that the two predominant spirits in a hospital is the spirit of infirmity and the spirit of death spirit of infirmity and spirit of death and then they've replaced faith in God with faith in science so there's a there's a hopelessness that you know that kind of overwhelms. So I want you to kind of get another picture then that if if we are a hospital, we're more of a recovery room. The house of God is more of a recovery room. That when you run to the house of God, you run to a house of recovery. In Mark chapter 16. Jesus gives a great commission. He says, go into all the world and preach to every creature. He says, and these signs will accompany those who believe in my name, they'll cast out demons. In my name, they'll heal heal the sick. They'll speak in new tongues. They drink anything deadly, will have no harm over, over them. They'll tread on scorpions and they shall lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. They will recover. In 1 Samuel 30, there's a story where David and his men are out just doing life, doing business, doing ministry. They're just out doing doing what they do. But when they come back home, as they come over the hill and see Ziklag where their homes are, all they see is this smoke going up into the sky and gulp hits their throats their hearts begin to pound in their chest and they realize that's their houses on fire. And they're like, my God, and they run. And when they get there, their wives and their children are missing. And they recognize that this is the fingerprints of the Amalekites. The Amalekites were were wicked people, a wicked army that had come in. And while the men were gone, they came in and they burnt their houses down and they attacked the wives and attacked the children and they took them captive. And there's a picture of the enemy that, that you know, while you're doing business, while you're, he's attacking your marriage, he's attacking your family, he's attacking your finances, he's attacking your home. 
you're out there and taking ground for the kingdom, but back here the enemy is. The Bible says all the men lifted up their voices and they spoke of stoning David, which is never a great thing when your own men are so wounded and hurt that they, you know, they blame you. And that's what we do as leaders, hurting people hurt people. And, you know, we want somebody to blame. It's somebody's fault. And so they spoke of stoning David. But David goes to Abiathar, the priest, and he says, bring me the linen ephod. That's why David was the leader. He says, bring me the linen ephod. And the ephod was what a, a priest wore when he went in to inquire of the Lord. And he puts the, the ephod on and he goes in and he says to the Lord, he says, shall I, shall I pursue? Shall I go after them? And have a look what it says in verse 8. So David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered him and said, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all without fail recover all so they pursue and the men are so tired he's got 600 men so 200 men stay behind with the with the the baggage and the possessions 400 cross the river arm themselves and go across and as they go across they find an Egyptian and the Egyptian is is in a field and they brought him to David and David gave him bread and he ate and they let him drink some water. And then they asked him, you know, who, who are you? And he said, well, actually, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm an Egyptian, a slave, a servant of an Amalekite. And my master left me behind, abandoned me when I fell sick a few days ago. They didn't just give him water. They gave him figs and fruit and juice and they, they got him revived. And then David said, uh, he tells him that he, he was with the group that kind of took the home, took the wives, took the children. And then David says, will you take me down to these men? He says, promise me if I do that, you won't kill me and you won't hand me over to them because they'll kill me. And David says, absolutely, I promise. So he takes them down and they over, overrun the Am Amalekites. Nothing was damaged, nothing was missing. In fact, they got all their wives, all their children, all their stuff back. Plus they took the plunder they took what the Amalekites had as well. So they got everything back with interest. So when you recover all, you need to understand you're not going to get recover all. And it's got a scratch. It's got a dent, some pieces missing. You're going to recover all with interest. The devil's, the devil had no right to take it. He's got to pay interest. He owes you interest on it. But I felt, I felt the Holy Spirit saying this is the last of the revelation. I felt the Holy Spirit say that the key to the recovery was feeding the Egyptian. Feeding the Egyptian was the key. Egypt was a foreign nation to Israel. Sometimes you have to feed what's foreign in your field. The Amalekite had an Egyptian as his slave. Egypt is also symbolic of the scripture as the world. So as Dr. Matt gets up and speaks about tithes, about offerings, it can seem you, 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 your first discount can be, uh, that just seems so worldly to talk about money, to talk about closing on a home. And But your breakthrough is linked to your ability to feed what is foreign in your field. 
For some of you, maybe you've never tied. That's if you feed what's foreign. I, well, I didn't grow up in a house where there was. I never grew up in a house where, where we where we learned to pray. I didn't grow up in a in a house or in a church. My upbringing wasn't one where, you know, we flowed in the Holy Ghost. We didn't have the gift. Well, maybe you got to feed what's foreign in your field. You know, well, well, you know, in my house, you know, we we knew our dad loved us because, you know, he provided for us, and he wasn't very affectionate. You know, he wasn't a, a great communicator. He never told us he loved us. Well, well, maybe, maybe the dysfunction in your family requires you to feed something you found in a field that belongs to Egypt is in this world, but it's foreign to you. But you got to. For, for me to have a great marriage with Leanne, I can't, I can't say, well, that's foreign to me. That's not how I was brought up. I was brought. I had to. I had to shift gears. I had to feed what's foreign in my field. My father never said, I love you, but I don't want my sons to be a reproduction of my relationship with him. So I realized if I needed to, to shift the outcome, if I needed to change the destination, I needed to learn to feed what was foreign, what was faint, what was weak, what was there in my field. I didn't grow up with it. I didn't, but it was right there and I had to feed that thing. I had to. I had to make an intentional decision. I was going to break that thing. And each one of my sons know daddy loves them. Each one of them knows that I love you and I'm proud of you. Each one hears it. Each one is encouraged. Each one is, is, is loved. You've got to feed what is foreign in your field. Maybe you grew up in a home where, like the, is it the Hatfields and the McCoys? where there's, you, you hold grudges. You wonder why things are stifled and you need to forgive, but forgiveness is foreign. I've always found that if you allow the Holy Spirit, if you allow your helper, she said, I won't leave you as an orphan. So I'm gonna send help. And let me just say something, we need help. Will Dillon is probably the only guy that doesn't need, the rest of us, we need help. <laughs> it was so funny, I was, I was saying, you know, I, I like having little conversations with God. And I said the other day, I said, oh, you know, like, why did Jesus call you, you know, the helper? And he says, because you need help. I'm like, oh, duh, of course I, need, I knew that. And he says, well, you mainly need help understanding God. Jesus came to show us the Father. He does his first miracle. He turns water into wine because God was determined that already the religious people had given God a bad rap. They saw God as the, you know, the mighty smiter. He's going to smite you with boils if you, you know, cross the line. Like he's the smiter God, you know, and, and he's the lawgiver. But God's like, hang on, before I was the lawgiver, I was the life giver. Before I gave Moses the law on Mount Sinai, I gave, gave Adam life when I breathed into him the, the breath of life and he became a living being. So all the angels are in heaven. They're like, oh, that's Jesus. Come on. It's time, right? It's time. God's like, it's time. And, the, and the, the, the angels are like, hey, God, you know what? What's going to be his first miracle? What's going to be his... 
And one of the angels, oh, oh, I know, I know, I know. And God's like, yes. He's like, oh, resurrection. He's going to raise the dead, isn't he? It's going to be his first miracle. Like, what a way to announce yourself. Raise the dead. I am the resurrection and the life. See that? Yeah. Like, and God's like, yeah, that's, that's good. But no, that's not going to be the first one. That's not going to be how you introduce yourself. No, I've got something far better. Oh, and then, oh, 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 pick me, Gabriel. Leprosy. You're going to cleanse a leper because, you know, leprosy is symbolic of our sin. And we can't clean. If you're a leper, you can't cleanse yourself. And, and so you're going to cleanse it. That's going to be the first. And Jesus is like, no, it's going to be in Mark chapter two, but that's not the first one. He's like, well, what is it? I'm going to turn water into wine. Did you think this through? Like, you want these people to take you seriously, right? As like a religious scholar. And your first miracle is at a wedding and you're going to turn water into wine? That's your introduction? Why would that? Because God's trying to say, I'm sick of the rap that I've been given as the mighty smiter, the vengeful, spiteful, before I gave the law. And I only gave the law. I didn't give the law to choke life. God's laws, God's commands don't choke life. They don't remove life. They sustain and protect life. Let me tell you something about God's Ten Commandments. You can't break His commandments. What are you talking about? I've broken all of them. They remain intact. You can't break them. All you succeed in doing is breaking yourself against them. God's laws are eternal, but they're life-giving. So Jesus comes to be a life-giver. So the Holy Spirit comes to help us understand the Father. Helps you access the Father. Helps you to access God. Jesus is a recovery God. He goes into a home where there's a little girl who's dead. Jesus walks in and he says, Talitha my little girl, I say to you, arise. She sits up. Lazarus has been dead for four days. Jesus arrives on the scene, brings Lazarus back to life. All the way through the Bible, we see when God, when his presence, when his anointing turns up, miracles happen. There's a, 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 a woman who lives in a place called Shunem. Shunem means uneven. Sometimes the world can be uneven. Sometimes the world can seem unfair. Sometimes it can seem like maybe the world dealt you a bad hand, like something happened, you lost your job, you got retrenched, it shouldn't have been you, it shouldn't have happened, this is unfair. Life is just, un- it's, the deck is stacked against me. Elisha goes into Shunem and a woman says, this is a man of God who passes by, Let's build a wall. Let's build a a room on our house for him. Let's put a bed in there and a chair and a lamp and a table. And whenever he comes, let's not just feed him, but let him refresh himself there. The Bible says that Elisha says, what can be done for the woman? Do you want me to talk to the king? No, I'm good. Do you want me to talk to the commander of the army? No, I'm fine. I'm a woman of means and influence. And Gehazi says she has no son and her husband's quite old. So Elisha says, this time next year, you'll bring forth a son. 
And she gets incensed. She says, no man of God, no man of God. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to your maidservant. She had already given up on the dreams. She had one pregnancy test. Failure, too many. That it was far less painful to just not believe anymore. It was far less painful to not hope anymore. But when God turns up, He brings recovery with Him. And He says, darling, you're going to recover your hope. You're going to recover your faith. And you're going to recover your desire for a son. If you know the story, 10 years later, that little boy goes out into the field with his dad at the time of harvest. And he's like, my head, my head. And he faints and they carry him to his mama. And he sits on his mama's knee and at noon, he dies. But she does something amazing. She takes the little boy and she places him in the room that she built for the man of God. She takes him to the house of God, if you will, and she lays him there. She rides to Elisha and Elisha comes and he brings the little boy back to life because the God that you and I serve is a recovery God. He's a recovery God. So let me say this and then then I want to pray for people. Jesus said in, it says about Jesus, sorry. It says about Jesus in Hebrews chapter 10. It says, for uh, sacrifice and offerings you no longer desire. Sacrifice and, uh, for sin no longer brought you pleasure. It says, behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do your will, O God. Jesus came to do the will of God. For Jesus to come to do the will of God means that the will of God isn't just happening everywhere. The the young man who took his life that Pastor Cat was talking about, that was not God's will, that was his will. We live in a world where there are 7.6 billion people and there are 7.6 billion wills in operation. It's not God's will that somebody gets behind the wheel of a car drunk and then drives into another and kills a mother of that's not God's will that was that person's will to reject the laws to get drunk to not be responsible but I need you to understand that in the midst of all the chaos and all the pain Jesus came to do the will of God whenever Jesus turns up whenever the Holy Spirit turns up whenever the anointing turns up guess what happens the will of God happens When you come to the house of God, this is the house of God's will. There are two sides of God's will. There's God's perfect will and there's God's permissible will. A man was born blind and the disciples ask a stupid question. They say, Lord, who sinned that this man was born blind? Him or his parents? As if Jesus is going to say, he sinned. While he was in his mother's womb, he was playing blackjack. Yeah, 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 there's a little distillery in there. Of course he didn't sin. Jesus says, oh my God, he says, neither. He said, but so that God can be glorified. There are things that God allows that are permissible because he gave us free will. But whenever Jesus turns up, you can lift your hope, you can lift your expectation. 
when, when, uh, when Jairus' daughter died, one came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and says, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Jesus immediately grabbed him and says, do not be afraid, only believe and your daughter will be made well. He got a negative report from the world. But when Jesus walked into that house, how many people know that when Jesus walked in, possibility walked in? When Jesus walked in, miracle walked in. When Jesus walked in, recovery walked in. When Jesus walked in, resurrection walked in. You're the smartest people in North County because you recognize that this is not just an ex-furniture building turned into a place of worship. You recognize that this house is a house of recovery. It's a place where miracles flow. Why? Because we serve Jesus Christ. Why? Because the anointing that was on Jesus 2,000 years ago, Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth through the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. When Jesus went up to heaven, you know what he did with that anointing? He put it on his people. He said, I want you to wait in Jerusalem because what's on me is going to come to you. The Holy Ghost that's on me, that's going to come on you. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Ghost fell on them and they went out turning the world upside down. I want you to know something. The Holy Spirit has not left. He is still here on this planet. We make room for the Holy Ghost tonight, tonight, tonight. He recover all. If you need some recovery tonight, I want you to stand to your feet. If you need God to recover something right now in your life, I want you to stand to your feet. He's a God of recovery. He's the God of recovery. He's the God of recovery. Just lift your hands high to heaven. Hands high to heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. See, brother, I see chains breaking, chains breaking, chains breaking. First thing I see is, is this. There's people you've been overcome by addiction. I break right now. I loose every cord of the evil one. I break it now in Jesus' name. I break chains of depression, chains of anxiety, chains of addiction. I break them now. And the devil has been lying to you. He will tell you, you will never recover your peace. You will never recover. The devil is a liar. Jesus says when Satan lies, he speaks his natural language, his native tongue. But I want you to know tonight, you don't have to believe his lies. Whatever it was like before you gave that territory is going to be like that, but with interest with interest you will surely recover all there are some of you it's like your brain doesn't function the way it used to it's like drugs killed cells and and alcohol destroyed brain cells and the doctors will say yeah because of your drinking yeah because of marijuana yeah because of the drugs your, your your brain's not firing the way it's meant to and again god bless the medical people but you don't have to god bless them but you don't have to live under that There's another word today that is coming forth from another authority that says you will surely recover all. Not recover most, not recover some, not learn to live with what you've lost. You will surely recover all. You will surely recover all. You will sure, I'm not sure who that's for. But if if that's you tonight, just put put your hand on your head. Father, I thank you right now, right now, right now, right now, right now, what has been lost, what has been lost. Somebody here is like failing memory, failing memory. I I break and I reverse the curse of Alzheimer's. I I break it now. It's a spirit and I break it now 
in the name of Jesus Christ. I reverse it right now. I reverse it right now. You, you're not getting Alzheimer's. You're not getting dementia. We reject it now. I declare right now, healthy. The synapses fire again in the brain. Blood rushes again. Things reform. Things that are damaged recovers, recovers, recovers. Somebody here, your left ear, I can just feel my, my ear is warm. Your, your ear and you've lost hearing. Put your hand on your ear. If that's you, if you've lost, put your hand on your ear in the name of Jesus Christ right now. Right now, I thank you, Father God, for those. I say to those ears, recover, 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 recover. Now do this, do this, do this, do this. In the name of Jesus, recover. I want you to take your hand off that ear. I want you to put your finger in your good ear. I want you to test it out. Test it out. Can you hear? Thank you, Jesus. Give me a wave if you can already tell the difference. You can already see the difference. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you up there. Thank you up there. Thank you up there. Come on, yes. Give God a hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hand back. We're going to go for complete recovery. Father, I thank you right now. Complete recovery. Complete recovery. For somebody here, there was a loud explosion in your ear. It had a ring, a ring, and that ring never went away. God is right now. You're going to hear that thing is going to go. The ringing's going to go and sound, sound, what was damaged in the costly, what was damaged, is being restored right now, right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, the Holy Spirit is saying circulation problems. It was circulation problems. Quick, quick. I, I'm out of time. They're already looking at me. So quickly, if that's you, just, just give me a hand. Just give me a wave. There, there we go. Circulation problems. Anybody else? Circulation problems. There's a few. There's a few. There's a few. This is what, what I want you to do. I keep knocking this over. Yeah. If you've got circulation problems, if, if would you raise your hand? If you're around someone with the circulation, I want you to put your hand on them. Put your hand on them. That's it. Put your hand on them. Put your hand on them. Put your hand on them. Father, we thank you right now for recovery all, recovery all, recover all, recover all, recover all, recover all. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare the, the blood, everything gets restored to their extremities, to their fingertips, to their toes, from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. I speak complete recovery in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Receive complete recovery. Now, if that's you, begin to test it out. Just begin to test it out. If 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 there was something, you could feel you could feel heat there, Mrs. Smith. Sweating. Come on. The Holy Ghost is here. The Holy Ghost is here. Did you see how I, I was trying to get out of the way, but I couldn't because I'm a flipping preacher. But I've got to get out of the way. I've got to get out of the way. Come on, anybody else? There was somebody up there. How's it feeling? How's it feeling? Coming back. Yes? Come on, give, give, come on. Give. Let's give God a praise. How good is that? How good is that? How good is that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, there's this, this two more. If you've got any sickness in your body, any sickness in your body, the Bible says you shall lay your hands on the sick. It doesn't even list. Just, well, I've got a little sniffle. Just label it sick. Well, I kind of got, you know, got a sinus issue. Just label it sick. I've got a sore. Just label it sick. They shall lay their hand. Jesus, if you just if you can put it in the sickness category, guess what? You're going to recover. They shall lay their hands on the sick, and they will, they will. What's his? I don't know. Like, should we just ask him for his will? No, no. 
they shall lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. I'm not sure if I know his will. No, no, it says they will recover. Will is in there. They will recover. So if you have any sickness in your body, any, just put your hand on your heart right now. And I want you to receive healing. I want you to receive healing. Pastor John Heinrichs, I love Pastor John. He preached a couple of years ago and it blew my mind because he preached something I'd never seen before. For you and I to go to heaven, Jesus had to give his life on the cross. He died on a cross, giving his life in exchange for ours so we can go to heaven. But before the cross, Jesus gave his back to the Romans who whipped him. And the Bible says that by his stripes, by his body broken with the, with the flogging, our broken bodies could be healed. So I need you to understand that healing isn't something that you hope takes place. Jesus paid for it. If I said to you, hey, listen, I want you to go down to Vons. I've already bought all your groceries for the week. It's already paid for. You don't have to go, oh man, I, you know, I hope they give it to me. No, no, you go down. You say, no, no, it's, here's the receipt. It's been paid for. Thank you. Thank you. Now you, you want to say thank you. You want to be nice. Just understand Jesus paid. He purchased your healing. So hand on your heart. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus. We release healing, divine healing to flow from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet. I speak to any cancers, any tumors, and I command you to leave right now in Jesus' name. We had a, a beautiful young lady, a mama, diagnosed terminal, given six weeks to live. Six weeks to live, too much cancer in her body. We just introduced her to Jesus Christ, the healer. And I was speaking with her on last Thursday. And she says, the doctors have said there is no cancer in my body. One year later, one year later, they gave us six weeks to live. One year later, that how many people know that God is no respecter of persons? Come on, if he'll do it for this beautiful young lady, he'll do it for you. So Father, we thank you right now. I, I see God healing somebody's foot, somebody's foot. You feel a warmth in there. God is healing your foot. Somebody else's knee. I think the doctors have told you that uh, you need a, a knee replacement. Maybe it's arthritis. I see, I see some type of deterioration in the knee. God is restoring it right now. God is restoring it right now. There's somebody here, your knee, you feel a warmth. It's God healing the cartilage in your knee. The cartilage in your knee is being healed. Father, I thank you right now, right now for, for the knees in Jesus' name. The last one, the last one. Marco Contreras, who's I think he's one of our pastors at our at Chula Vista Eastlake campus, is running for Congress. And he shared the other day, as, uh, just it broke my heart. In San Diego County alone, over 19,000 businesses will never reopen. 19,000 businesses. That's 19,000 families plus employees, there could be 200, 250,000 people negatively affected by the lockdowns. But I want you to know that there is a God who makes a distinction. And you and I serve a God of recovery.
2020 was meant to be a year of the double portion. But the devil came in to steal your double portion. But we recognize the thief. Tonight we're in the house of God with the linen ephod and we ask God, God, shall I pursue? Is it, shall I just fall into a heap and give up? Or should I put on the armor of God and pursue? And the Lord would say to you, pursue, for you will surely recover all. So if you, if 2020 was a year of loss, if, if it was a year of red on the ledger, more red than black, if you lost, maybe you lost homes, maybe you lost cars, maybe you, you lost things. I even hear the Holy Spirit saying there's some relationships that were lost. 2021 is here. 2020, the devil came in like a flood. We're about to start a brand new series called Lifting the Standard. Because the Bible says when, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him. And what we're going to see right now is there's going to be a distinction between those who are in the house of God and those who aren't. Because the people who are in the house of God come under an anointing where you're going to recover all with interest. So if that was you, if 2020 was a year where you lost, I want you to lift your hands to heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, right now I prophesy and declare double for their trouble. Whatever the enemy stole, whatever the enemy stole, give them double for their trouble. I declare and I prophesy that 2021 will be an extraordinary year. It'll be a year where they don't just recover, but they recover with spoil. They recover with interest. All that the enemy stole in 2020 is coming back, pressed down, shaken together, running over in 2021. We declare an overflow. We declare an abundance in the house of God. I declare miracles, little miracles, little miracles, little miracles like in tax returns, little miracles in, in financing, little miracles in loans. I see loans being canceled. I see debts just being wiped off, just debts supernaturally canceled. A number of people here, you're going to have debt just supernaturally canceled, credit card debt just negotiated and, and taken away for a fraction of what it is. I see debt cancellation, debt cancellation. I see houses that were that were maybe lost being repossessed by the owner, being repossessed by you. You will repossess that which was stolen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for breakthrough. Come on, if you receive that, will you give God a break? Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.